and welcome back to the Past and Present Podcast. This is Kim Groves. Hope you have had an amazing weekend. I also hope you were able to read and absorb more of the story of Queen Vashti. I also hope you had a chance to catch up on our series on Solomon's Temple. Today, we will be talking about the Israelite judge and prophetess, Deborah. What can we learn from her, and how can we apply her choices to our lives? First, let's examine the biblical story of Deborah. She makes her appearance in the book of Judges. She appears during a period of apostasy for Israel, which is a period of human sin and divine grace. The Israelites are embracing the religions of their neighbors and forsaking the God of their fathers. Because of this, God has allowed other nations to conquer the Israelites. God heard their cries for redemption and raised up the judges. Now, Deborah and the commander Barak witnessed deplorable social conditions that were a direct result of the spiritual depravity. There were threats of war, but no defensive weapons were found. Any weapons that were found had no one with the courage to wield them. Enter Deborah. While her story is recorded in Judges chapters 4 and 5, God is doing all the talking. He is the one answering prayers and working miracles. She was a prophetess and the only judge to be said to be a prophetess. She received a message from the Lord for Barak, commander of the army. So she sent for him. And we're going to discuss Barak in just a few minutes. While she remains humble and respectful, it is interesting to note that she does not deliver the message. Barak comes to hear the message. So she doesn't go to him. He actually comes to her. He comes to hear the message of the Lord. He is told where to go to have a a rival army delivered into his hands. It is interesting to note that Deborah is not the first woman to be listed as a prophetess. But again, she is the first prophetess to be a judge. God's prophets in scripture are given direct revelation to speak of things that would otherwise not be known. Miriam, the unnamed wife of Isaiah, and Anna were also used as vessels to share direct prophecy from God. Now, the big thing to take away from this is the fact that these women were called by God. Not only were they called, but most importantly, they answered the call. God used these extraordinary women to deliver his messages. And these women never once wavered in answering the call. While most prophets of God were willing to stand and become God's chosen vessel, Jonah is one of the one lone standout, and eventually God brings even him around. While men held the most important ecclesiastical positions, women are receiving these divine messages and continually, faithfully answering the call. Now, some of this can play into the fact that women are very maternal, and we want to make sure we're taking care of those around us. It should also be noted that many of these female prophetesses appeared when Israel was struggling spiritually. Now you could say it was at times Israel needed a spiritual mother of sorts. Remember that God never allows the societal constraints in place to override the delivery of his message. So women were not ultra elevated. In Israel, and I'm not saying that they were either oppressed either, but 
men were basically in control. It was a patriarchy of sorts. And so women were sort of looked upon as not ultra relevant in the society. Even today, women are used to share influential messages of hope and redemption. God would use women at a time when women and men generally would not interact. It may have been God's way of shocking the populace, so they would listen to what God was trying to say. Now, Deborah was bold for her time. Much like Isaiah, she willingly went when called. She may have been scared, but she may have even felt unprepared. Even though she probably had these very human feelings, she knew God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. She knew, as a woman, her voice may not have been heard. But because she had the backing of the Holy Ghost, she was able to speak God's words with power and authority. Deborah, despite her being a woman, was able to compete and win in a man's world. What is important to note is that Deborah was called by God for a brief period and to deliver a specific message. She answered the call and honored both God and herself by doing so. What is also important to note is that women throughout the Bible not only encourage others, but encourage the male leadership. I guess you could say, you know, behind every good woman, behind every man is a good woman. These men recognized the special gift these women had and listened, glorifying not only God, but themselves and by extension, Israel. Now, let's turn our attention briefly to Deborah's other job, that of a judge in Israel. Now, some translations refer to the calling of judge as a leader. It is important to note at this point, God is the penultimate leader of Israel. And the judges served as arbiters of disputes and dispensed rulings in according with the book of the law. Now, this period occurred right before Samuel anointed Saul as the first king. Deborah, it is interesting to note, is the only one out of all the men listed as deciding disputes in a court of law. So that's pretty progressive for its time. While the men are described with words denoting their strength and leadership, Deborah's description is decidedly feminine and relational. This shows Deborah wasn't trying to eschew her womanhood to compete with the men, but that her particular gifts were well suited for her calling. Ironically, a wife and mother, who we know are always busy, was willing to serve at a time when her male counterparts did not. It shows that the spiritual apathy and neglect were widespread and pernicious. And it appears God knew a woman was the ideal person to ignite the passion for God from, from the people. While most people lost their zeal for the Lord, Deborah did not. But Deborah did have her faith, and her faith had a pivotal impact. <clears throat> Excuse me. Deborah's story can teach us many things, whether we are men or women. First, is that we should always answer the call when we hear the Lord's voice. To hear his voice, we should pray, asking God what we should do best to serve him. Second, we should never think we are lacking in our abilities when we are called. Third, we should work to listen and deliver our message. 
When God speaks to us and guides us down a certain path, we must be willing to follow the path he sets before us. He will never lead us astray. He will empower us and give us exactly what we need to follow in our journey. Now, I want to turn briefly our attention to Barak the commander. Now, Barak, whose name means Thunderbolt, was from the tribe of Naphtali. Now, he commanded the troops and he received Deborah's message from the Lord. And he is also listed as one of the four judges who appear as heroes of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. Now, Barak led the army of 10,000 men to mount, down to Mount Tabor. And at Barak's advance, the Lord routed Caesarea and all his chariots and army by the sword. And Caesarea abandoned his chariot and fled on foot. But Barak pursued the chariots and army as far as Hereseth Hagoyim. All the truth of Caesarea fell by the sword. Not a man was left. Now, while Barak didn't always have a great start, he finished strong. And his weakness was turned to strength, and he became powerful in battle, and he routed foreign armies. God was certainly with Barak, and he prompted Barak through Deborah, but God himself was the strengthener. Encouragement coming from Deborah. Now, there's also the Song of Deborah, which is actually written as a duet for Barak and Deborah, and it isn't a rival to Mary's Magnificat or, Humble's, or Hannah's humble prayer, but it is in, in designed to give us hope. It fills in some of the details missing from the account in chapter 4 of Judges, but it encourages us and shows us that Deborah's heart is always with Israel's princes and the people that were willing to stand up and fight for Israel. So, her words and her actions lovingly support those in the kingdom of God. Her attitude preceded the victory and shaped her action. Now, final takeaway we can take away from this is that shining stars like Deborah and Barak give glory to God in their action. The setting of widespread spiritual corruption and lethargy did not hinder or excuse God's people from action. So the moral demise of a society is not meant to draw you away from strong citizenship and active faith. God calls his people and they respond and are triumphant. He calls us today and we have an opportunity to respond in our homes, churches, neighborhoods, everywhere. So we can learn from Deborah to speak his life-giving words of forgiveness and truth. So this message is given to all of God's children and their divine callings to leadership. So we need to have Deborah's attitude in our hearts to build up people, labor with them, and encourage them with the words, with the word. Well, I think that just about sums up our time today. As always, I love hearing from you. I can be reached at kimg.pastandpresentpodcast at gmail.com. You can also get us on 
Facebook at Rebirth Network and Rebirth Encouraged, both with a purple heart between the words, for more great devotionals. Also, hit us up on our Twitter feed at, at podcast underscore past. Please join us on Thursday when we will be talking about another temple that has been recently found in Judah. Until then, this is Kim Groves with the Past and Present Podcast. Hoping you stay blessed and unstressed and unbothered by the rest. God bless. Thank you.